And we're live. And speaking of live, you ever run into this frustrating moment when you figure things out, only they start changing it again? That, that, that This is hopefully, you know, by mid-September, um, we'll be able to keep doing this through Hangouts on Air. Um, because it's going from Google Plus to YouTube Live. And last time I tried doing what, you know, the instructions said, um, I wasn't able to select through Hangouts on Air, but maybe they'll have gotten that fixed by now. So um, <laughs> I, I guess that means I... I'll be able to change to the new Google Plus layout instead of the old one. But um, anyway, this is episode 102 of the podcast. Um, joined here with with you know with Shaggy, and if if you hear a you know kind of a drip 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 somewhere, um, part of the part of the roof is problematic where I'm at and it only it only does that when it rains really hard and there's you know something underneath to catch the water so um hopefully hopefully it doesn't come through you don't hear any dripping do you I haven't so far okay that's good um but yeah it it you know eventually took out you know, portion of the tile when it kind of rained long enough, like last year, to the point where you know it just trips down the same hole. So it's it, it it's it's roof that needs to be worked on. Um, but anyway, um, You know, in terms of memories from, you know, a year ago, um, we talked about something a year ago that we're starting to see come to fruition now. Uh, um, you, do you have a Chromebook at all at all or not yet? or Not yet. Maybe I'll have one in the future. <laughs> I've got too many tech devices as it is right now. Honestly, right. I'm kind of trying to slim down and Probably going to be upgrading my desktop or so. Hopefully. Uh, I, I went out and purchased a Samsung Chromebook 3 that uses an Intel processor instead of uh, ARM-based because, you know, I was accepted into, you know, crossover offices um, for Android's, you know, preview uh, the only problem is the Google Play Store hasn't been enabled on my model just yet. And, you know, I can get the dialog box to pop up through, um, you know, through, ter you know, terminal-based shenanigans, but it won't go beyond, you know, a certain point. It'll just be stuck with a little bar going across the, across the part of the dialog box. And so it's not ready yet. Um, but I, three models of computers that, or 
Chromebooks this is available for. Uh, Asus Chromebook Flip, the um, Acer R11, and I think one other. Um, and the ones, the Chromebooks that I have are, you know, probably, it's they're slated for way later. Either later this year or next year, which hopefully not next year because I am not buying another device just to test stuff out on it. But um, I've been looking at what's been going on with this and like, oh, because um, can you imagine somebody running the Android version of Office on one of these things and being able to be a little bit more productive without being online all the time. Cause I can see how this would give headaches to two big companies later down the road when they perfect this. Yeah. That could, that could be very problematic, especially if it's not implemented properly. Of course, um, Google may have to, you know, request Chromebook and Chrome OS device makers to add a little bit more memory to <laughs> their systems because I don't, I don't quite think two gigabytes of RAM is going to cut it down the road. You are seeing there are some models out there with four or a little bit more. Well, four or if it's a Chromebook Pixel. That's super expensive, but but I I'm <laughs> I saw this was excited and I'm like, well, I'll get an Intel based one. And me not paying attention at the time, no, no, it's on the list of later supported devices. It, they're not supporting it now. I'm like, oh, so I turned on developer mode, changed to the developer channel, all for nothing, for the time being. Ho hopefully, hopefully an update will come to where, bam, it's there, and I can just experiment with it and all of that. And I understand, you know, when you're in, in the developer channel, you're not going to run as well because it's running a whole bunch of debugging stuff because it's meant for developers and people testing stuff out. And I can't run Crouton because the script um, portion of it does not run properly at the end. So I can't, I can't, you know, put an Ubuntu environment in that. And that was frustrating. I'm like, well, at least I can do this. Nope, nope, I can't. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's what I've. I may just give up and exchange it for a different tablet because my current Android tablet just sits here and and doesn't do a whole lot. And lately, when I've tried to type on the little virtual keyboard with it, um, 
some of the you know letter labels would kind of mysteriously disappear. <laughs> I'd be typing, "Froom!" I'm like, "What?" It's <laughs> a little odd. Like my intended functionality. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the, the keyboard would still work. You just couldn't visually see which letters were which. <laughs> Unless you hit shift, and then some of them, most of them would show back up, and then you'd start typing, and they go disappear again. You know, I'm like what in the world? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This that's the last tablet I'm going to be buying from RCA. By the way, that I I have not had good luck. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but have you have you seen what um what crossover office may be enabling in, in the near future just by a quick glance of the website and from knowing a little bit about the crossover software in general and code readers the company that makes it i can see some pretty crazy possibilities for um, Chromebooks in the near future, especially for lightweight applications. As, as, if Chromebooks continue to have the same model they've always had with uh, being lower power, smaller devices that can be ultra portable and allow someone to do what most people want to do with uh, everyday normal computing tasks in a cheaper, lighter weight device. Um, the only one that that description is the Chromebook Pixel. But that's just because if you want a Chromebook with everything in it, yeah, hardware, get a Pixel. Um, I can see some legacy applications in in an enterprise-based environment being made to work on this, and then you know, hardware sales wouldn't cost as much, and and I'm like, I'm like, this seriously could give you know Microsoft and Apple a few nightmares or two. I mean, theoretically, you would be able to run uh, Microsoft Office apps through the Google Play Store doing that method, or or if somebody had some old copy of Microsoft Office laying around, they could go that route and be like, yep. I, I, you know, because that, that's been like the limitation of Chromebooks, right? Um, you can somewhat work with them offline, but it was somewhat limited in what you could do. And now they're, they're starting to move away from, you know, quote unquote, Chrome packaged apps and quote unquote, um, you know, quote-unquote apps from the Chrome Web Store. You know, extensions and themes will still be supported in the future, but the other two are, they're starting to work on removing that feature because to them, it's no longer necessary. Um, the ecosystem's gotten better, and I think the Google Play Android store feature is going to replace that. 
I think you're supposed to be able to run certain some Android games on this too. So, so you know, it's not quite merging Chrome OS and Android, but it's <laughs> kind of sort of is. It's just adding an Android-like layer, which, which I think that that layer is currently, you know, Android Marshmallow is that subsystem they're throwing in there. Or it'll see it as an Android 6-based tablet or something like that. So, I don't know. I, I'm excited about it. It'll be definitely interesting. I'd love to give it a try. Um, I wish they would have left that available on Windows because, as far as I as far as I'm aware, they're removing that support that they had baked into Chrome for the Chrome Web Store, and that's only going to be available on Chromebooks now. Which I can see the the intention behind it. It just kind of annoys me a little bit. Yeah, and, and yeah, like people will still be able to get you know extensions for Chrome, you know, to for added certain added functionality, and they'll be able to get you know themes, but um, you know the so-called apps, which are nothing but shortcuts to websites, really, <laughs> and the packaged apps. Like if you have packaged apps installed, they'll still work for a while, and then. And then with later builds in a couple of years from now, they'll eventually stop opening, except for in Chrome OS. But it's like, you know, that's the one, but, you know, full, you know, Office Suite functionality is kind of what's, you know, held me back from, you know, using Chromebooks for everyday productive tasks because, you know, yeah, I, I, I can, I can, you know, use my phone as a hotspot or I can use my workplace's Wi-Fi now. It's finally been activated, um, which I'm like, oh, cool, um, except... That could get hit or miss. Because, like, at three hours of the morning on lunch break, it works, it'll work fine. But, you know, once more people start coming in in the morning, then it starts getting bogged down. <laughs> but, yeah, um, you can walk into the store I work in now and set your phone on Wi Fi. And it will show you. You'll know it when you see it. It'll pop up with the open Wi-Fi option, and you know, there you go. And it's one of those things where it's like McDonald's brought to you by AT and T. So, so I, I I don't know if I don't know if ultimately it's you know. Th- through you know cell phone based technology, if it's through some fiber optic type deal or what, I have no idea. But um, it'll save me some data on my phone. But 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 that hasn't been an option for me all the time. I haven't been able to do that because I'm like 
you know, it just, you know, Google Docs doesn't always feel, you know, complete to me. So, and I, I like Google Docs. It does what it does well, but um, if, say, it's an offline mode, I'm not as able to insert a picture into the document unless they've updated it recently to where you can. Because um, that's, you know, it's, you can still use those things in offline mode, but in a limited capacity. So, so without online access, it's limited. Um, I, Office Word, I don't believe that there is that as much limitations on that, but I'd have to test it and find out. Um, but I'm I'm excited about that, um, and and PC World has you know a bit more of an up to date you know news thing regarding um, Android apps on Chromebook, and I think the Chrome ASUS Chromebook Flip was chosen first because you can run it like it's a tablet, so you could touch the screen and everything else, which makes sense. Maybe I can run the WWE network through the app and and it not, you know, you know, fizzle in and out on me. Cuz cuz, you know, you know, all models of Chromebooks have flash built in, but it only works really well on say Windows or or browsers that aren't Chrome. So that, but that's where I'm at. Um, you say you're trying to slim down on your tech gadgets as it is. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I do want another laptop, but I think with us getting ready to build a PC for my wife, um, she's. I think she's going to take my Mac and I'm going to take her Lenovo PC, which has got dual video cards, and I'll probably tinker with that and might do some gaming on Linux. Something I've been wanting to try again for a long time. Oh, wow. Are, are you going to... Are you going to build something from the ground up, or are you going to... Or are you going to go with a, you know, System 76 type build, or... Well, I'm just going to take her PC that she has. Oh, okay. Yeah, I still haven't um, those big old NVIDIA cards. I have not had a chance to test them out still <laughs> to see if they actually work. I, because honestly, it's it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, I can try selling them, but um, I don't know if they work. You know, this for those you know who are going to see the video later, you know, one of them's Quadro. They're both Quadros, but they're slightly varying models. And I still remember last year when I sent sent you a picture, and you're like, where, where the hell did you get the 
that quattro from a friend of mine, retired attorney, moved to moving to Mississippi, and and he gave me <laughs> gave me a bunch of old old electronics. So you know, he gave it to somebody. He figured eventually they'd do something with them, <laughs> and I'm still working on them. Um, and and speaking of you know old electronics um, t- um actually yeah t- both the monitors that i managed to get from the salvation army um have stopped working <laughs> story of my life hmm. yeah like the one that's currently sitting to my right's not plugged in. It would, you know, overly bright colors, which is not a good sign. And then, you know, I I, I could do gamma based adjust adjustments through, you know, Nvidia's little control utility, and then suddenly it would just fade completely to white. And I'm like, oh, this monitor's about done. I'm like, ah, dang it. So I don't, the only multi-monitor setup is the one behind me at the moment. That, so I, I get used to multi-monitor and suddenly, bam, it's it's gone. So like, oh, so, I can't, yeah. I can't live without multiple monitors working. No, and and it, it's it's you know I'll probably rearrange the top of my desk one day to where there's multi monitor again. But if I want something reliable, I'm gonna have to actually spend money um, instead of taking my chances at the thrift store or the Salvation Army store. Although those were the days, the antique store with a bunch of old stuff on third floor. I've had better luck there, so. Um, We'll see what happens, but I'm like, are you serious? When when that happened, and <laughs> but yeah, I just yeah, when when you pay you know ten to twelve dollars a pop, you're 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 risking that something is just broken. So hey. Worked for a while, but not for very long. Not long enough. So, um, anywho, have you tested um, Ubuntu on Windows, Bash on Ubuntu on Windows yet? No, I haven't had a chance to do that yet. I think it might be installed. Then. Um. <laughs> Like, I was able to do, you know, normal LS commands, um, run a text editor. I, I even ran a text-based web browser just for, just for kicks, and it worked okay. Did you use links? E-links or something like that. Um, I'm not one of those that was going to try, you know, running a graphical interface because it's not designed for that. You can make it work, but it's not designed for that. I'm like, uh, no. 
but you know, I was able to run this thing through what it, cause what it does is it'll run it through your normal command prompt and then, you know, go into that environment which is why you can run it on PowerShell too, which they've been working on porting to Linux for, for a little while now. Um, and so, you know, on the one hand, Microsoft's going to kind of have nightmares about, you know, Chrome OS again. On the other hand, uh, they're expanding into other markets because they have no choice or they're going to lose customers. Um, like, You've probably run PowerShell more than I have. Honestly, no, I don't. I haven't used PowerShell that much. I can say that it is more similar to Bash than it is to uh, Windows Command Prompt, because Windows Command Prompt was basically just DOS embedded inside Windows. Um, PowerShell is more um, built specifically for the Windows NT kernel. And, all that stuff, and it's it's supposedly it's very feature filled and feature packed, and it's supposed to be fairly powerful. But I don't use it <laughs> mostly because if I'm going to use a shell, I'll use Bash before I use anything else. And I already have uh, on this PC, and then on my work PC, I've already got Git Bash installed, which is probably more powerful than the uh, uh, Bash that's built under Windows. Oh, yeah, and and hopefully they'll they'll update the Ubuntu image to where it's not just fourteen oh four because that's because that's what you get when you enable that. They need they need to update it to sixteen oh four at least. But but if if somebody wants to use FTP, get things like that, even compile some code, they they will be able to do that. Um, and I've, like I said, I've played with it a little bit, but, uh, but, you know, not a whole lot. I'm like, okay, so, so if I wanted to do, you know, secure FTP to upload a show and I have to do it from there, I can do it from there. Um, but, uh, other than that, it's, you know, I've just played with it, and I may play with it a little bit more as time goes on. You've been you've been doing some stuff with some programming too, am I right? You you were mentioning something earlier about it before we started it. Um, I've actually been playing with a uh, tool that a uh, coworker showed me at work, and it's. It's something I've heard of, but I never messed with. It's called uh, SDK Man, which, if you're a Java developer, it'll let you take and using this command line utility, which works perfectly on Linux, not so well on Windows. It's a little bit pain in the butt on Windows. Supposedly, supposedly it's supposed to work just fine with PowerShell, but like I said, I don't use PowerShell. Oh, so, yeah. Um, anyway, it lets you download and install. Uh, bunch of different frameworks for Java, like Groovy or Gradle, which is a build tool, Ant, which is also a build tool, Maven. Um, just so many different projects that are uh, 
super helpful for developers. And uh, it's extremely powerful. You can manage multiple different versions of the same um, same uh, framework installed. You can have multiple different versions installed, and every time you install one, you can, when it first installs it, it will automatically set update the path for um, like Windows or Linux, and you can also switch between different versions very, very easily with just one uh, entry in the command line. Super quick, super powerful. I'm going to be using that from <laughs> from now on for work. So, so if one was programming something that was developing something that was specifically targeted towards a version of Maven, they could switch to that version of Maven, and if and then switch to a newer version to you know update the code base and test test that. Uh, that that comes in handy. Um, what what I'd like to what I'd like to see from Microsoft re regarding you know their compatibility layer is heck with it choose an app, let let it you know let it embed in a sense an actual Linux kernel and everything else so that people can program stuff against a specific version of that kernel and say, okay, which 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 uh, kernel do you want to run this environment under? But only time will tell on that. Or something, something tells me it's going to be more... That sounds more appropriate for a virtual machine than anything, but that'd be cool if they could do that to where you don't have to run a virtual machine just to develop. But, but yeah, part of, part of the reason why I'm like, they need to update the Ubuntu image is because, you know, the, you know, there's new versions of GCC and other stuff that people might want to take advantage of. And all that, but, and it, it's you know it's kind of like been kind of like the year of you know one company's products bleeding into another platform <laughs> uh, you know google you know you know you know bleeding android into chrome os and then crossover bleeding you know windows based stuff into chrome os through what they're doing and you know after Microsoft you know you know kind of bled into free and open source realm with their stuff um, you do you think they're they're no longer hostile at all to Linux at this point or they've got to be more open about it otherwise they wouldn't be Having the push that they've had by pushing, putting, uh, they've made the .NET runtime available on Linux. They've made it. They've made uh, Visual Studio available on Linux. Um, there's also a Visual Studio Code, which is free, available for Mac, Windows, and Linux. And 
it's, there's just so many things that they've done. And most recently, they have, they have uh, open source PowerShell and enabled it for Linux, which, I mean, honestly, I don't think PowerShell is that popular to begin with, but still, it's, it's impressive what they've done so far. And I've got to say, I don't think they're harsh about it anymore. I don't think they're hostile to, towards open source. They've got to embrace it because it's just the future of a lot of software projects in general. It's going to be open source. Because, um, like, individuals like Roy Shestowitz uh, still believe that Microsoft is hostile based on, you know, and, it, and it's the problem that I've been stating for some time. The main problem in that area is their legal team and some of their executives are the main problem. Um, the developers would rather be doing their thing instead of you know playing war with everybody else. It, it's just it's been one of the most bizarre bizarre you know years in tech and everything else. I'll put it to you that way. <laughs> um, it's been it's been a very weird year for everything. So um, I guess we'll see what happens with this. And even Steve Ballmer's come out praising, you know, some of these moves as smart moves. Of course, he says this after he's gone from the company, but and retired. But but uh, uh, we'll see. So. You know that that's pretty much all I had on on my plate. Um, you have anything you want to add to all of this? Anything that's caught your eye in the news as of late? Nothing. Nothing really crazy lately. I think you've kind of touched on most everything. Like I said, the only thing I've been looking at is um, SD came in, and then of course right now I'm actually playing around with Solus. But I had trouble with um, uh, VirtualBox, a couple different issues. And I, somehow I ended up clicking a checkbox and enabling Hyper-V in Windows, which actually disabled uh, virtualization from the BIOS. So some weird stuff happened, and then I had to turn that off and restart the machine. Virtualized it. But uh, I'm playing around with it, trying to build, build something right now. Uh, no, I really haven't been doing much. Um, Solace is an interesting story, by the way. Um, Ike Doherty was the one that started that project. He then went on to work for a major company. And then he, you know, because he was trying to create a whole different desktop environment, which got to be too much for him. And then upon discovering, you know, GNOME 3 having, you know, the ability to, you know, utilize stuff from their APIs to kind of reinvent the desktop, he he worked on Evolve OS, which was a, you know, meant as a playing around type of thing. And people tested it out. They liked it. But due to a trademark issue... He went back to using Solace OS, and the the packaging system is 
from what I understand, unique. It's not based on anything. Um, it's uniquely built. And the package management system is unique in and of itself. I think it's the Connery package manager or something like that. I can't remember off the top of my head. It's not... Pardon? Personas? Unless he decided to go with the mainstream packaging. No, it's got a custom package manager. I don't know what the name of it is exactly. Yeah, because... The command on the command, you know, PKG, but it's also called uh, PC on the back on the back end. It looks like Python. I'm not sure. But um, it, it's... It's custom package management then, which nothing wrong with that. It's different. It's not. It's not you know Deb or RPM, or in Ubuntu's case, in some scenarios, Snap. Uh, but but yeah, I, I've um, Ken Starks of the Reglu project was. Going was set to use Solace before Ike had to move on for a while, and and that's the danger of relying on you know smaller distributions. You know they can go away at any point, and it and it's not fun when it does. But but uh, yeah, it's um, I remember reading stories about budgie desktop and you know almost you know reminiscent of the chrome os experience to an extent and i was like that looks pretty cool so um if you have the spare hardware you might try it on that and see what happens i think you'd like i might put it on this laptop i'll have to re-download the install cd because i believe it somehow I do that. See how it runs. It'll probably run better on physical hardware than it would on the VM. And it sounds like it's the interface is something you might enjoy messing with. You've messed with Elementary in the past. I liked Elementary. I'm start. I think I like this interface much better. Because from the you know, screenshots I've seen, it looks pretty clean and like something that kind of gets out of your way a little bit. It's very minimalistic, and I think that's probably what I like the most about it. Is that, yes, it definitely gets out of your way. So, um, uh, one thing I do want to mention, because I, I, four more work nights, you know, from Thursday night to, you know, Sunday night, which Monday will get interesting, because... I am going to actually be going, unless it gets flooded out, which hopefully not, because Kansas City had to go, had to clean up after a, a little bit of a flood. <laughs> that was insane. Um, I'm actually going to be going to my first uh, WWE event, Monday Night Raw, in, in the Sprint Center in Kansas City. Nice. With Stephen Kelly, um, I have never been, so <laughs> I will. I will see what 
I'll see what it's like. He he got you know the type of seats where we'll be able to see the screen around the you know Titan Tron um, because you know for those who are far away they can look at the screen at the Titan Tron to kind of see what's going on, but. You know, there's things that you'll see at a you know you know live at that event. You know, when the cameras stop rolling for USA Network, so I'm I'm stoked. I'm like, yes, uh, I it just I'm happy as a clam, <laughs> Espe- especially with some of the directions the storylines are going in. Um, because now it's now it's they did the, they did the brand split right, and you know instead of bringing back the world heavyweight championship, which would have been stupid, uh, they created a new one called the Universal Championship, which looks like you know the WWE title, but it has red in the background instead of you know the usual colors, red. You know, with the little insignia under the W, that's black instead of red. Um, on the SmackDown side of things, they they'll have their own tag team championships and their own women's championship. Raw will have its own cruiserweight division. So so they're doing it to where more people have opportunities to shine while having something unique enough to where people will have to watch both to see what happens. So kind of touch and go. I wish, I wish they didn't have to create another world heavyweight title and just use like the U S title and the intercontinental championship as the flagships and then just have the world heavyweight champion kind of jump back and forth a little bit between both shows and defend that belt less often so that they're not banging themselves up so badly, but but I'm intrigued um, so far. It'll be interesting, so are you a network subscriber? No, I'm not. Um, it is worth it. Especially Wednesday nights when you get home from work, um, that's when they have. That's when they air NXT live, you know, and you get to see some future, you know, stars working on that show, and it's pretty cool. cool. I haven't fully taken advantage of it, but when I've, you know. Every now and then I pop on and watch some of that, and it's like, like all right. I I watched some of SummerSlam before going to work, like I think a week or so ago. So that's you know that's been quite an experience for me. Um, about the only only issue that you may run into is the fact that, you know, you don't get to watch Raw live because, you know, their deal with USA Network. But if you have a Hulu Plus subscription, you can see most of Raw live except for a segment here and there. Um, 
or you may get, or I may, I may go the Sling TV route just to get USC Network and and because I I don't want to pay what Charter wants to pay just to add TV to the package. But that's just me. But uh, but but yeah, next week I'll be away from work and I get to watch that and be all excited and uh, get to kind of mark out a little bit. And of course the next, next Monday night raw, you know, it'll be, you know, Kevin Owens as the universal champion. So, you know, it's, it was the old classic. Oh, triple H has come back to help his, his little pet, Seth Rollins, only he turns on Seth Rollins and does a pedigree right in the middle of the ring, which threw everything for a loop. So, um, this twist and turns of stories, it fascinates me. So, um, so that's what I'll be doing Labor Day. What are you going to be doing for Labor Day? Probably not. I'll probably keep it that way. Probably, I don't blame you. He, sounds like you've been. Sounds like you know your job's been going crazy. Off and on, it's it's been calming down lately. Um, our new embedded insurance companies went live, so you can actually. I'm not marketing at all for this. I'm not, I'm not suggesting going out and getting insurance, but for those of you that are in Illinois. There's, a new insurance site. So anyway, it's completely. It's like progressive. It's completely web uh, web based. There's no agent involved. Oh, and, uh, you can you can check out that link. You go there, and um, I worked on a few of the, and actually more than just a few of the back end systems that comprise the billing aspect of this new insurance company and um, I'm actually I'm actually we've I've been following a DevOps flow are you familiar with what DevOps is um I've heard of it not familiar with it I probably should be it's just um, the the normal idea is that there's like usually a separation of roles between a and like a network administrator or something like that, and a normal developer or software engineer. Uh, those it kind of takes all those aspect, aspects and combines them in, into one. Okay. So you manage the infrastructure of a server uh, through code. Of course, hardware has to back that up, but um, I write code that actually installs all the necessary software and a bunch of other stuff into. Uh, a template that gets copied for this this stuff. It's it's pretty crazy how it works. It's using a few different tools called uh, Chef Vagrant. And, uh, Chef, I've heard of. Yeah, it's it's very very powerful. Um, yeah, I've 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 kind of noticed how more people are are doing the whole do it yourself type stuff regarding auto insurance. And all that sort of stuff as opposed to going to a local agent and and um, you know 
and dealing with middle people. Um, likely what will happen when I get a vehicle, I'm probably going to go the do-it-myself route instead of going through an agent. Um, you know, because, you know, um, you know, it's been argued, at least with health insurance, yeah, go see an agent because they'll at least, you know, look out for your best interests instead of their pocketbook. But with something like, say, car insurance, you can you can shop around and actually get what's best for your budget and with the features that you're going to need. So, <clears throat> but yeah, I... I'll definitely I'll definitely have to check that out because that's that's pretty cool. Knowing somebody who worked on some of the back end of something like this, that's <laughs> well, it's not available in any state but Illinois right now. Oh wow! The first state that we're going to expand to, if I understand it right, is I think Colorado. But... I was going to say Colorado would be a good one to expand into. It's going to be a slow expansion. Right now, there's not even any advertisements running for the for the site. So. All right, but yeah. it, it's done and functional. Yeah, it's functional. Put it that way. But and I'm assuming this is kind of a cloud-based thing too, or not really. I mean. There's a couple of things that are a little bit cloud-based. There's some stuff that uses Salesforce, and there's some stuff that uses AWS. Actually, the, this, the home page is hosted on AWS. It's pretty cool. Okay. Backend systems are all internal applications. Well, that's, that's pretty cool. I didn't, I didn't know if it was like using something like Windows Azure or AWS or... Or something of that nature, where you can be like, I just I don't want to fully deploy this site yet. I just want to test it. Only one little tiny piece is using AWS. <laughs> the front end Make, makes sense. You know, you know, they don't expect traffic for it right now, so it's not going to cost a whole lot. But yeah, that's that's definitely gonna help a lot of people make that decision without going through a middle layer if they don't have to. Because, you know, after a few awkward moments here in town with an agent that I've dealt with for a number of years, I'm like, I've had enough of that. I know you're supposed to support your local mom and pop shop, but it there also comes a point where if if you know that you're gonna butt heads down the road, you know don't you you shouldn't force yourself to have a relationship with them if you know that at some point you're not gonna get along with them. Um, I haven't had any really negative experiences, but you know there are you know few awkward moments here and there, and I'm like, yeah, this kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So I'm like, yeah, I'm. I'm done. I'm done with brick and mortar based on something like that. Because I already have insurance through employment. 
health insurance, I car insurance I can easily obtain and when I when I get to that point, so it's you know a lot of stuff's getting more do do it yourself you know don't see us except for maybe you know filing taxes because um um tax preparers still still do pretty well mainly because those who use TurboTax turn around and find out that they could have gotten more money back because TurboTax doesn't always catch certain things. <laughs> or they may want, whoops, you actually owe money. You're not getting money back. Oops. And that sort of thing. Like, oh. But, but yeah, I'm seeing more of a do-it-yourself kind of approach coming more and more as of late. This is... It'll sounds like what you're doing is gonna be somewhat disruptive in the industry, so or a little bit more than it already is. At least e at least insurance will have some competition. Insurance and progressive, it's modeled after very well. It's kind of very similar to the flow that progressive follows. If you ever sign up for auto insurance through progressive, which I did. So well, that's pretty cool. Well, I, th I think that about you know wraps things up for this episode. Um, anything, anything that we should cover next week? I don't know. Maybe I can uh, come back with more information about Solus if I can get it to work right. <laughs> At the end. I, I may dig out one of the spare machines I have and throw it on there and see what it's like. Um, like I said, um, Ike Doherty's on Google+. Plus. Um, you might follow him. It's it's not just him managing this thing anymore. It's it's an actual team behind it now. It's, it's not just... I don't believe it's a one-man operation, which, you know, relieves me because... Again, problem with one man shows is if something happens to that person, up oh, there goes the whole project. <laughs> so, and yeah, you can open the source code to something, but that assumes that you have willing participants. And if participants aren't willing, something just stays there and just you know rots, and it's gone. So um, I guess we'll see y'all next week. Hopefully I'll, hopefully I'll be able to get this whole uh, live thing through YouTube Live working properly without setting up an encoder or some other BS. Um, but entertain yourself, educate yourself, empower yourself, and we'll see you next week. See you guys later. <laughs>